Cunnington, and this is Havilah's Podcast. I'm excited that you're tuning in today. You know, this podcast was created by Truth to Table so I could have a place to share my heart, biblical truth, simple lifestyle leadership, as well as just connect with my table community, my table tribe. So I hope that you'll spend a few minutes with me as we jump in to whatever God has put on my heart this week. And don't forget that you're never too far gone from where God wants to take you. You are loved, you are seen, and he wants to desperately know everything about you. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Let's jump into this. So I want to talk about dealing with drama. All of us have drama in our lives. Some of us are really good at dealing with it. Others of us, aka myself, am not so good at dealing with drama. Mostly because when I feel anxious or something isn't working or I'm being misunderstood, I panic. Does anybody else feel that way? My anxiety skyrockets. And really, the worst version of Havala shows up. When I'm not doing well, the worst version of me shows up. She's there. I like to call her Pamela. <laughs> Pamela is my pseudo self, the person that I'm like, ah, Pamela showed up in the middle of this. Um, but sometimes I can actually help Pamela figure out how to do her life well when it comes to drama. And I want to give you guys these. And if you are writing notes, make sure you jot this down because I'm going to give you some of my main thoughts. So I was not good at drama, but drama seems to find me. Drama, drama finds you because you're dealing with real people and real life things. And oftentimes I can get rid of as much drama as possible. I can move friendships far away. I can answer certain people's phone, phone calls every so often. I can leave a certain place of work. But I'm going to need strategy and skills for drama because I, I don't have time. I don't have time to give somebody a full 24, 48 hours of my life and my mental space and my energy and my quality of life because of something that they are dealing with and they're trying to get me in it. They're trying to get me in on it. Do you know what I'm talking about? First thing in dealing with drama or things conflict, first thing I want you to know is that you are feeling anxiety. When you come up against something that is a conflict or something that someone said or something that you heard someone said, it is a, your anxiety begins to grow. Now, when I am anxious, the worst version of me shows up. I want you just to think about that for a minute. When I am anxious, the worst version of me shows up. So the first thing I want to think about is how do I get my anxiety down? If I get my anxiety down, then the best version of Havala shows up. The best version of you shows up. So we need to be able to resolve the drama and the anxiety so that we can, we can show up who we want to be on the earth. Okay. So the first thing is dramatic people, and I'm not even going to say dramatic, but people that are in a conflict, they want to pull you in. And oftentimes people that are dramatic or conflict, conflict driven, they over communicate. They want to talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. I remember years and years ago, I had a family member who I was having a conflict with. And I was ready to pick up the phone and like, let's talk about this conflict. Um, I realize that you want more from me. I'm not able to give you more. I have four littles. I am not able 
to be on the phone all day long. I'm not even going to probably call you once a week because I have four little babies under the age of five and I don't have, I can't, I can't actually, I'm focused so much on my kids and my life. I don't have time to nurture this relationship like you would like it to be. Do you live down the street? No. Do you live in the same state? No. But you want me to nurture a relationship as if you lived next door to me. You don't. Come on, common sense. You don't live next to me. You don't live next door to me. We don't see each other around the around life. So if you want me to nurture the relationship and we don't live by each other, there's already some difficulty there, right? So the first thing you'll notice with a dramatic person or somebody who loves conflict, not even loves it, but demands, believes that they have a right to you. The first thing you'll notice is that they will write you a letter, <laughs> an email, a long post. I don't know what it is, but something in them, it's like their late night writing session and they journal a letter to you. Now, for those of you that are good writers and you're like, oh, I don't know how to say it. I just have to write it out. You are welcome to write out anything you want to say. But when you send it to me, you are now accountable for what you have said to me, right? So what you want to do is, is realize that they have now divulged everything on a letter and everything that has been written to you or an email or a uh, whatever it is, usually they're writers because I find often people that are the worst at relationships in real life relationships often don't know how to communicate in person. They don't communicate in person. They'll write you a letter. Um, they'll write you a post. They'll DM you, but they will not talk to you in person because they want to and I'm not, again, I'm not mad, so I'm saying this not because I'm thinking of something right away. I'm just trying to get you to wake up a little bit to realize that this person wants to, um, to fillet you emotionally and mentally by, their, by writing. They get it all out, and then they send it to you, and it's kind of like, here, hold this. <laughs> you ever had that? Here, hold this. And so you have to decide, okay, I got a letter from them. This gives me a lot of information about them because how people choose to respond shows us a lot about them. If they demand, I am calling you, I demand you to pick up the phone. I am, this is an emergency. I expect you to deal with this right now. Um, I, I, ex I expect you to respond at this moment. You will notice how disrespectful people will demand your attention and time immediately because it is now at the top of their to-do list. So what you want to do is, and I'll explain this to you because we've all been guilty. I've been guilty of writing a letter and just getting it out there. I, I don't think that it's bad to write it out. I want you to understand though, you're not going to be good if you're not able to learn to deal with things in person or at least in a way that's respectful with each other, right? So what you want to do is, is realize that people that are disrespectful to you in, the, in it, or I should say their anxiety is high, they will demand that you, that you um, deal with the conflict in this, with the same 
urgency as they are dealing with it. Does that make sense? So I called you, you didn't pick up the phone. I emailed you last night, how come it's 9 a.m. in the morning and you haven't responded? Um, I posted something, I, I DM'd you, why haven't I heard anything back? And you have to realize, are you willing to deal with a little bit of your anxiety of how they will experience you, but are you willing to move the drama into the right department it's supposed to be in, which is not crisis? Their drama, their conflict, their anxiety does not get to be front row in my life. Do you know what I'm saying? Can I get an amen for that? They're, they don't, that doesn't get front row. I have to go back to what is the priority in my life? My marriage, my kids, the work, the work, the agent of good that I am on the earth, what I'm giving the world is very important to me. The atmosphere in my home is critical. What gets my attention is how I'm nurturing those in my nest, my little space. That's critical. I might have been in their nest 10 years ago. It might be a parent, might be a aunt, might be somebody, but they're not in my nest anymore. So they are actually on the outside of the area that I am nurturing, even though they think they're right here. People that are, are, that are combative believe that you, that they deserve to be right here at this moment and responded to. And, oh, my light just went out. So I will just face my light. Apparently my light is out. No problem. So what I want you to think about is I am diffusing the problem. So if I'm going to diffuse the problem, I'm going to need to put some space between the conflict. If I respond immediately and they respond immediately and I respond immediately, there's very little time for you to pull back and process how you really feel about something, what you're really going to do. And it's very important that you're able to, um, you're able to get that space. So the first thing I do when I have conflict and I have conflict, you have conflict, I have conflict because I'm in relationship with people and conflict's kind of just what it looks like to actually be in relationship with people. I will not allow myself to respond to anything for 24 hours. I am not allowed to respond to a conflict for 24 hours unless it is life-threatening, unless it's like they are, they're going to hurt themselves or, you know, this is they have to know they're getting on a flight, they're leaving the country. <laughs> I mean, we're talking like you got to bring it back to the reality of what is going to happen in 24 hours? Nothing. Nothing. They're probably within the 24 hours, everyone's going to calm down. Things are going to cool down. So 24 hours. And if you have to respond, I mean, you ha you're like, oh, I, but they're going to get mad at me and they're going to think I don't care. Then you can say something like, thank you for your message. Um, when I get a chance, I'll respond. That's it. Well, what if they think I'm being mean? You're not powerful enough to control what they think of you. Well, what if, you know, they think that they, they what if they think I don't care? Well, again, you're not powerful enough to teach them how you feel about anything. All you can do is respond appropriately. And the only way for my anxiety to go down is for me to get my priorities straight. 
when I get my priorities straight, then my anxiety goes down. When I realize this is a small little dot in a big world that I live, and this is not going to be, uh, this, I'm actually getting a ton of information. So I'm sorry, I'm sticking on number one for a little bit, but dramatic people want to over-communicate. So the first thing you want to do is, is, is you want to prioritize, wait for 24 hours, and when you respond, you want to respond in a way that dictates how much, how much, um, conflict you're willing to put in, how much investment I should say you're willing to put into it. So many, many years ago, my counselor would say to me, okay, Havale, you can respond to this person in your life that you're having a conflict and they have now written you a letter and explained everything that they expect from you and how you are not showing up in the way that they expected you to show up and how they thought you would be this and you're not. And now they see that your life, you have all this time for this, but they, you don't have time for this in your life. And they're explaining to you everything about what their one-sided idea is. Because it's one-sided. They haven't asked a question. Watch. You'll notice people very rarely ask questions when they're in that stage. And so what you'll have to do is realize, okay, when I respond, I'm going to respond in the shortest way possible. Because you are not confused about your life. You are not confused about your response. Their problem is not your problem. Their conflict is not your conflict. Their priorities are not your priorities. So I'm going to respond in a very short way. I'm going to use this phrase. Write this phrase down. Like if I could just grab your Insta faces and just say, look at me. <laughs> I'm going to give you all of this. I want, you to, I want you to catch this. I want you to use the phrase. I am crystal clear. Just use that phrase. I am crystal clear. I am crystal clear that the priority in my life is my children and my husband. I am crystal clear that the priority and what God has called me to do, if you have to use God in it, you don't have to, only if you think you need to, but I am crystal clear that the priorities in my life are my husband and my family. I'm, 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 uh, and I wouldn't even put anything on like I'm disappointed or I'm sad or, or, or um, I, I'm You could say I'm disappointed. That's how you feel. Or I'm sad. Or um, I, that's that makes me sad that 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 doesn't line up to what you were hoping could be. But I'm clear that I'm doing the right thing in my life right now. That's it. Simple. I'm crystal clear to what God has called me to do, which is to take care of my family, to nurture my family, to give time to my family, whatever it is. Um, I, I'm, I'm sorry that that doesn't line up with what you thought I would do, right? I'm sorry that that doesn't line up with what you thought I would, I would be doing or you thought that would work or you thought would be best. But I'm clear, it's a little sandwiched, you're going back to it, but I'm clear, but I'm very clear that I'm doing the right thing. And that's it. God bless. Have a great day. Havilah Cunnington. You're going to keep it in one paragraph as short as possible. And what you're doing is you, you are diffusing it in your own, right? But you're not giving any um, 
leverage. If you spend energy crafting an email, making sure it says all the right things, if you spend all your energy writing out every thought you had, every single thing that you say is leverage. Look at me for a minute. Everything you say is leverage in a conflict. So the less you can say, the less leverage anybody has against you. Now, they can make assumptions. They can say she didn't respond for 24 hours. She's so mean. Um, now, they could they could be empathetic. Wow, she's got a busy life. She has a, a whole a work, and she's got a lot of things going on, and this, this thing wasn't the number one thing she was thinking about, and now I just threw this in her court. I should probably give her a chance to respond. So wait 24 hours before you respond or even 48 hours to respond. I know. And then when you respond, you're going to respond quickly and clearly. I'm crystal clear that this is what is important in my life right now. Doesn't matter if they agree with it. Doesn't matter if they they understand it. Doesn't matter if they would had done it themselves. None of what they what they understand or care about or even perceive to be as important is. Nope. I will not stand before God with them. I will not stand before my family with them. I, they will not be there at night when my kid's sick, uh, sick all night or I'm, I'm trying to get up and give a medicine and a hot pack. They will not be there when my husband and I are working on a conflict about something in our marriage and we have, we have to talk about it. It takes an hour to talk and to cry and to pray. They're not there. They, are, they have one little section of my life. They do not understand the rest of my life. So it is impossible for them to understand all of that. Now, let me say this. So the, what you're going to do is you're going to, you're finishing the conversation, you're, you're finishing the sentence. Now, if you don't mind them and you don't mind being around them and you're like, oh, this was a one-time thing and I'm seeing that they just need to, hey, I'm clear that that's not going to be at work for me in my life, uh, but I'd love to see you on Thursdays at the mom group. You're, you may be, hey, but I can't wait to say hi to you at church on Sunday. Or, hey, I can't wait, you know, hopefully when we bump into each other, we can still, uh, you know, have, uh, we can still connect. Whatever it is, you can keep it very simply, but you're, you're closing the conversation between emails, between DMs, between Facebook posts, between letters sent to you. You're, you're concluding that because you will not resolve anything through emails. I'm sorry. That's really hard to explain. But emails do not give you tone. They do not give you facial expressions. They do not give you um, intentions, nothing. They're just words written on a page. And whatever I'm filtering is what I'm filtering with you. That's it. And then second, so that's the second one. So first is that dramatic people over-communicate. So be aware of that. Secondly, you need to throw, you need to have a complete sentence. You need to finish the conversation as quick as possible. And then thirdly, if you need to meet with them, which you guys know, there are some conflicts that you need to meet with. Now, let me say this. Usually people that are in conflict, they often, you'll notice, they never went straight to you. They always go to somebody else before you. That's how it works in their life. And so you'll notice that they're always going to other people before you, and then they come to you. And so just understand that this is how, this is now a story that they're in, right? And you're not going to be in this story. This is not the narrative. This is not how you're living your life. Nope. So, the third thing is if you have to meet with them, let's say it's a conflict between a coworker, a conflict between a family member, you know you're going to see them and you know we probably need to talk about this 
Um, I need to take responsibility for maybe something I said. Maybe they need to take responsibility for something they said. What you want to do, and I learned this so many years ago, and I wish I had learned this early on. You want to meet in a public place. But how about it's my mom? Like, Habila, it's my best friend, or, you know, maybe it's not your best friend, but like, Habila, it's, it's somebody like, they want, to, they want me to meet in their office. You'll notice that the person with conflict will always want to bring you to their turf. Why? Because they're adding leverage to what they're feeling and they're adding, remember, they're getting their anxiety down. So if they can put you in their turf, then their anxiety is down. You're in a place where you're, they're now powerful and you're not. So, and again, I don't mean internally, but I'm just saying in, in general, their anxiety, they're in a powerful place because their anxiety is down and yours isn't. So you want to say, I would love to meet, let's meet at Starbucks. Well, I don't know if I want to meet at Starbucks because it's, a, you know, I, I feel like I have some things I want to say. If you deal, if you meet in a public place, there's something called public accountability. People are less likely to scream. They're less likely to yell. They're less likely to be degrading. They're less likely to, um, you, you know, watch their, they're, they're watching their facial expressions. They're watching their body language. There's just this sense of accountability. And so if you're in a conflict, and I, Ben and I, even my husband and I, we've done this, where we're at a place where we're at an impasse, and we're like, let's go have a date. And I know, okay, and this is many years ago, but if we were to go home, we're going to get into it. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. You guys give me a little love. You guys give me some hearts if you know what I'm talking about. If we go home, we're going to get into it. We're going to, you know, talk and it's going to get intense and we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And so the best thing I can do is say, babe, let's go on a date to a restaurant. Why? Because if we go to a restaurant, we have to talk as adults. We have to talk with respect. I have to talk in a way that is appropriate. And it just gives me that public sense of accountability. So make sure that when you meet with somebody in a conflict, that's my third point, is meet in public. Best, best thing I've ever done in conflicts. You know why? Because most people that are not mature enough to deal with the conflict won't meet up with you. They just won't because they are, you're just, a, you're, you're, they want to control the whole situation. So when you start saying, yeah, I remember this one person I was meeting with, she was a, a college, she worked as a, at a, as a college faculty, very, very uh, intelligent um, and way more, I mean, way more academic than I was and even, I mean, knew way more than I did. But she wanted me to come into her office at her job and deal with the conflict. And I said, I'd be happy to meet with you at Starbucks around the corner. Never met me would not meet with me at Starbucks. Why? Because she needed me to be in her environment to feel powerful. She couldn't meet me as an equal anywhere else. And so you'll notice they just never meet. They just keep canceling and you're like, no problem, I'm here. And then ultimately it just proves to you that they didn't really want to resolve it. That what they wanted to do was privately annihilate you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm being a little dramatic, but you know what I'm talking about. Okay, number four is this. I'm almost done. Um, you need to ask yourself what a win looks like. So before all of this thing and you go in and you're going to email them back and you need to ask yourself, what does a win look like? So, you know, some people, a win is that, um, you know, that they, that they quietly fade out of my life. That might be a win. 
Um, a win might be that, um, and I'm not saying this personally, but maybe like my, my mother-in-law that we can see each other on holidays and we're happy. Their win might be that you call them every single week and you're their best friend and you, you know, you were the person that was supposed to do all these other things, but that might not be your win. So you need to ask, what is a win for you? And if the win is my kids love me, my husband loves me, I'm a good employee and I've got peace in my environment. Those are top wins for me. You liking me is not my win. You liking me would be a bonus to my win, but it's not my win in my life. And you have to be very clear. And then lastly, after you've asked yourself what a win looks like is um, you need to not take it as personal. And what I mean by that is um, this conflict most often, not in every situation, but most often has nothing to do with you you are a face to the conflict this person has already had. So if you're, they're disappointed by you, then they, somebody else is going to disappoint them. If they feel like you were rude to them and you, you honestly did, weren't trying to be rude, then you're just somebody who they believe is going to be rude to them and you're a face. So you end up being a face to the conflict. You're not the conflict. And so you kind of have to pull yourself back and realize that this person is, this is going to be in their world and I don't want to be in that world. And so I can't have the perks. I can't eat, have my cake and eat it too. I can't have them in my life, but not want that part of that them in my life. I can't switch that off. So either I'm willing to put up with that and keep my boundaries really clear and know where I begin and know where they end and know where I end and know where they begin and be really clear, or I don't really want them in my life. And you're allowed to say that. That's not mean to say, I don't want that in my life. It doesn't mean that, you know, again, we're responsible to each other, but not for each other. You know, if you're not going to be kind and you're going to add this into my life and I don't want that in my life, then actually it's not kind for me to keep it in my life, knowing that I'm not actually in the relationship for the right reasons. So it isn't unkind to slowly back away. And first, usually um, people, there's only about two relationships no, maybe three relationships in my life that I remember cutting off. I mean, to the point where it was, we are not going to be each other. I deleted their numbers. I blocked their numbers. I've never responded back to them because I realized that, that they were coming to sabotage. They were coming to destroy me. And that wasn't, that I, I needed it out of my life. And it, ultimately, they didn't have an ability to hear my no. They just didn't hear my no. They didn't understand that when I wouldn't respond, I wasn't going to respond. And it was a, a forceful relationship. But in general, people that I do have a conflict with that I'm like, oh, I don't think that's going to be in my life. Like, I, I don't think that's going to be in my world. If you phase them out slowly, you'll rarely ever hear about it. So you don't have to be dramatic about it. You don't have to be mean. You don't have to be crazy. You just have to slowly fade them out answer every other text, answer every phone, every other phone call, only see them once a month and just slowly wean them from the relationship. And they will say something like, gosh, we haven't seen each other. Like, where have you been? I mean, I, I just feel like we don't see each other. You go, I know. And you say something like this, life is so busy. I know. I wish I had time, but you know, my priorities are my kid and my husband and, or my, my priority is me growing in my spiritual life. And so, you know, it just, it's really not left a ton of room for other things. So, you know, I wish I could do everything, but I can't and just do it casually. I wish I could make everything happen, but I can't. I have limitations, but you know, it's, it's still good. And I'm really excited about where I'm putting my energy.
and that's it. You don't need to apologize for anything. Do not apologize for putting your kids first. Just look at me for a minute. Stop it. Do not apologize for putting your spouse first. No. You, you, no one else is going to put them first but you. Do not apologize for putting your nest, your home environment, your schedule, the things you can and can't do ahead of somebody else. Why? Because what happens here is critical to the development of your family, to the development of your life, to where you're going in your world. So I would much rather you be disappointed with me for a minute than my kid feel like I wasn't there for them. That's what I have to think about. I would much rather not get be in the pictures of the girls' night out, but know that my husband feels like I'm with him and I'm in it and I'm, I'm engaged in my marriage. That's what I'd rather have. And ultimately, I want to be able to live with me. And I can't live with me if I'm anxious because, remember, if I'm anxious, the worst part of me shows up. So dealing with drama, let me review very quickly with my little notebook paper. Uh, dramatic people um, will always over-communicate. So don't be shocked. Don't be insulted. They will over-communicate. So just pull back and don't let their over-communication pull you into over-communicating yourself. Number two, uh, oh, I think I changed this one as we were talking, so let me make sure. I think it was, um, oh shoot, does anybody remember what number two was? I know you guys are writing notes. Okay, I'll do number three and then we'll come back. Um, always um, meet in the, a public place if you have to deal with conflict. Um, always meet in a public place. Number four, ask yourself what a win looks like. Ask yourself what a, oh yes, crystal clear. Answer quickly. Oh, that's it. That's it. So my third, number two was answer as quickly and as briefly as, I'm sorry, not as quickly, as briefly as possible. So don't respond within 24 hours and use a short response. Thank you guys. You guys are awesome. Number four is what does a win look like? So ask yourself at the end of all this, what does a win look like? And you have to have good priorities in order to know what your win is. And then number five, uh, don't take it so personal. It's, you're just a face to the conflict that they face. I hope that makes sense. That's what dealing with drama looks like. Oh, and then lastly, lastly, my last point in all of this is that sometimes um, when you deal with drama, you will have to, they, they will use other parts of you. They know, they know how to trigger you. So if they use words like, you abandoned me, that was unloving, um, you're not a good friend, I, I thought you were a Christian, just begin to look for triggers that they're using that makes you change your answer. Adults don't change their answer. So if they, I remember someone saying to me uh, in the conflict, I thought you were going to be da 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 Now everything they thought I was going to be is everything I wanted to be. <laughs> it's not like, I thought you were going to be, you know, uh, selfish and, you know, it's like kind, godly, loving, a good woman of good reputation. They're going to use everything you want because they're baiting you. It's a baiting factor. So you go, interesting. It's interesting that this one, oh, I know, this one conflict is, is putting all of that in jeopardy. That's kind of scary that that's kind of person you are that this one conflict that needs to be resolved is putting my entire life um, in jeopardy. Wow. And then the number one thing you need to do 
And what I do all the time in conflict is this. I use the phrase, isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Not to them, but in what I observe. Isn't that interesting that they would say that? Hmm, that gives me a lot of information about them. Isn't that interesting that they came in swinging? Interesting, gave me a lot of information about them. Isn't it interesting that they didn't call, but they chose to send an email at 1130 at night? Very interesting, gives me a lot of information about them. Isn't it interesting that when I gave them a short answer, they responded with a fantastic short answer. Wow, I got to learn a lot about them. They, they must be able to hear my no. That's really cool. They might be a friend that I'm going to need in my life. So you, I want you to be curious. Instead of being on da damage control of like, ah, I want you to be curious. Isn't that interesting that, that that was their response? That shows me a lot about them. And write that down. That shows me a lot about them. What is this showing me about them? And write that down and do your work. Don't get lazy in this. Don't go with jerk reaction of how your mom always responded or how you think you should respond. You can't respond like you did in high school. Come on, you can't have mature relationships if you still use your immature strategies. So you're going to have to grow up. You're going to have to grow up and say, I need better tools to have better relationships. And that's going to require me to be curious. It's going to require me to figure out what's going on. It's going to require me to, to learn to use my words instead of my anger or my jerk reaction. It's going gonna, it's gonna to require me to wait 24 hours before I jump into the drama. It's going to require me to learn so much, right? So that is part of how you can't expect mature, healthy relationships if you're going to still be immature and unhealthy. You'll have to do the work. I can't do the work for you. You'll have to do the work, but you can do it. Well, I hope that really blessed your life. I hope that everything God is trying to get to you, you grabbed a hold of. Again, don't forget to give me a shout out on the socials. I'm there almost every day. And if this podcast really spoke to you, would you consider leaving a review so others can find this podcast and as well as some stars? I hope you have a great day and I'll catch you next time.